Welcome to the podcast of Covenant Life Church in Jeffersonville, Indiana. We'd love for you to join us if you're in the area on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. We hope that you enjoy this message from Pastor Robert Floyd. Hallelujah. Well, let's dig into the Word. Last week, we started talking about living a better life. Um, You know, I posed the question to you, you know, have you ever heard somebody say, I want to be a better person? Or maybe you've said that in your own life. I want to be a better person. Or maybe you have said to yourself, you know, or thought to yourself, I wish my blank was better. I wish my life was better. I wish my, my job was better. I wish my marriage was better. I wish my bank account was better. I wish my, you know, whatever it is. Have you asked your question? Have that, has that crossed your mind of, I, I wish this was better. I wish my relationships with my family were better. Um, I wish my health was better. You know, we could go down the list there. And, um, you know, the answer to that and the short answer to it is yes. No matter where you find yourself today, right here, right now, this moment, maybe you're sitting here and (coughs) your bank account's negative. Maybe you're sitting here and you haven't talked to a family member in 10 years. Maybe you're sitting here and your marriage isn't where you want it to be. Maybe you're sitting here and your relationships with (coughs) maybe a friend or something's not. Maybe, you know, whatever it is, wherever you find yourself today, Jesus came and died for you to have a better life. Amen. I didn't say perfect life. I just said better life. He came that you and I could have a better life. (coughs) Not only did he come so that you could have a better life, excuse me, he came that you should have a better life. As Brother Kevin so eloquently said this morning, is that it's not, doesn't have to be optional. It's not optional. Not on his end. He came to give you and I a better life. He came for that. John 10, 10, a thief is only there to steal and to kill and destroy. He says, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. I don't know about you, but I'm on board for a more better life. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want a more better life. I want more better. I want things to be better. Listen, it's not a, it's not wrong to desire to have all that God's provided for you. There's nothing wrong with that. I think sometimes we, we over-spiritualize things into thinking, well, you know, I don't really deserve that. Well, really the bottom line is, is none of us deserved any of it. There is no deserving anywhere on the scale. Amen? All the way from salvation to even spending eternity with him. There is no deserving. So you can take deserving and just toss that out the window because it does not apply. Jesus didn't die for you because you deserved it. He didn't die for me because I deserve. He didn't die for us because I did everything right. He didn't come to give you that life more abundantly just because you you deserved it, you earned it. Matter of fact, the Bible says you can't earn salvation. It's by grace through faith and that not of ourselves, 
Amen. Not of our own righteousness or anything we've done. We didn't earn it. We received it by faith. He, he's the one who did it, and he's the one that paid for it. And so the way you need to look at it is instead of saying, do I deserve it? You ought to look at it from the standpoint of he paid for it, and am I taking full advantage of it? Or do I just take a, a certain part of what Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection? Do I just take a certain part of it? Or do I walk and, and say, okay, I want everything. I want it all. I want it all. Whatever you came to give me and provide for me, I want it all. It's not just so that I can have my little salvation box you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, I got it all right here in this cute little package. No, it's so that I can be all. It's so that I can be all. I can do all. I can fulfill all. I can do what he's asking of me to do. In other words, I, I realize nobody can do everything, but I can do my part. And if I do my part and you do your part and they do their part, then we all get together. And the Bible says that we become the fullness of him. Ephesians 4, we become the fullness of him, filling all in all, who fills all in all. We are Jesus Christ in the earth. If you're looking on your page, we're not there yet. That's still the intro. Let's just recap from last week. Amen. He came to give us that better life. He came to give us an exceeding life. Amen. More than we ever dreamed of. It's hard for me to go and be a light and a witness living less than a life than the person who lives in the world. Come, come, come be a part of what God's done, but yet it's not any better than what you have now. Amen? Now we have to define better <laughs> but, but people ought to be able to see a difference in my life. They ought to be able to see things better. So through salvation that I have in Christ, the Bible says we're a new creature in Christ. The Bible says that we can have a renewed mind. The Bible says we can have a restored soul. It says I can have a healed body. I can have a prosperous life. And I can have a fruitful and fulfilled life. And that's just to name a few. That that is available to me as a child of God. Now, I didn't say we're perfect at it, but it doesn't make it any less available or any less powerful. I, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the church excusing away the power of God just because we don't walk in it. Amen? Amen? Well, you know, healing just isn't for today. No, healing's for today. You just aren't walking in it today. Well, you know, this isn't for today. No, it is for today. You're just not walking in it today. Because my Bible doesn't tell me that anything stopped after the book of Acts. I don't see anywhere in the Word where it says healing has ceased 
Amen. Come on now. you got to understand this. I don't have anywhere in the Word where it says that healing has ceased, deliverance has ceased, the gifts have ceased. Whatever it is that's written and we see the church partake of in the book of Acts, we see the birth of the church. The church, it doesn't say it's over. Go read the end of the book of Acts. It does not say it's over. It just says we're just getting started. So instead of me looking at it and trying to excuse away and make excuses for the lack thereof, I would rather admit, hey, I'm not walking in this yet, but I'm in pursuit. I'm going to figure it out because there is a way to walk in it. See, the problem is, is religion creeps in and religion says, well, I don't want to look bad. I don't want to be honest. I don't want to be real. I just want to look the part, but I don't want to act the part. And God's saying, listen, I'd rather you just be honest and real because I can handle that. What I can't handle is fake. What I don't like is a liar. I don't want to live a lie. And I don't want to try, to try to manipulate the word to adjust to that. What I would rather do is keep saying, you know what? I'm pursuing. Just like the apostle Paul said, he says, not that I've already attained. He said, I hadn't got there yet. But he said, one thing I do, I forget what's behind and I press on. And that's what God's asking you and I to do is listen, you can't go back and change yesterday. But I can pursue and I can change my today and my tomorrow. I have choices that I get to make today. You know, there's things in my life that, yeah, man, it'd be great if I could go back and undo that. You know what I'm saying? Like on the computer, you know, just hit undo and undo and undo and undo. Man, that'd be awesome. And just the the thing is, is that Jesus came not to undo. He just came to obliterate and let you start from scratch. You see what I'm saying? There's a big difference than going through and scratching through my past. No, what he did is he says, oh, I lost the file. I, I, I can't find the file. It was here, but I don't have the file anymore. It's gone. Your past is gone. It's erased. You know, I worked... Uh, um, my brother and I are part owners in a, a, a store that repairs cell phones and tablets and computers. And so we would have people come in all the time. And, and, and they'd say, can you do anything? I've lost all my pictures. I've lost them all. I had people come in that they had pictures from when their kid was born and their kid's like five years old and they were on that phone. And they did not ever think about backing it up. And they just thought that phone's going to work forever. And one day it bites the dust and sometimes there are things that are unrecoverable. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes though we're like that. We're, 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 it's like Jesus has wiped that thing clean and we're so desperate to try and recover I'm so desperate to try and go back because I haven't taken on my new identity. I haven't walked as I'm supposed to as a new creation and, and taken on and becoming the person that he's called me to do. I just have my memories of my party days, my memories of when I was abused, 
My memories, it, it doesn't matter good or bad. But so many times we can grab hold and try to hold on to those memories because at least in, in, in as far as in our soul, in our flesh, it brings some definition or excuse. Instead of realizing, hey man, that's gone. And I have a fresh start. I'm not saying none of that was real. It's just like those phones. It doesn't say that their child wasn't born. It doesn't say we just don't have those memories. We don't have those pictures of that anymore. There's no recovering that. And we need to let some of that go in our life and, and, and quit trying to recover it. Quit trying to make allowance for it. Let God take care of that. I want to have that better life, live that better life, be who God's called me to be. Amen. So this week, I told you I wanted to go a little bit deeper. And many times, here we are, now we're on your page. Many times we're told that, what we, that, that we can have or we're told what God will do, but it seems like there's something missing in between the possibility of it and the reality. To me, I, I see that even in my own life, but in other believers, it's like we're told what we can have. It's not hard to go find a good message of what Jesus has provided for you, what you can have. Well, I know I can have healing, but I don't walk in it. I know I can have his provision, but I'm always lacking I know I can have his joy, but it seems like I'm always depressed. In other words, sometimes it seems like there's something missing between what he said you can have, what he said he would do, and the actual manifestation of it or walking in it in our life. Anybody else there? Well, I don't want to admit that. We already see it. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's written all over our lives, right? I'm, I mean, I'm not being negative. I'm just saying, why, why try to do that and play that game? Why not just say, hey, okay, well, let's find out. How do I get from what's promised to it manifesting in my life? How do I get there and see it actually come to pass? Knowing what you can have and knowing how to have it are not the same. And I run into a lot of believers that are easy, quick to quote the word. As a matter of fact, I'm a new creature in Christ. That's true. But are you? You start dealing and correcting or adjusting and then all of a sudden, well, you know, it was, it was the way I was brought up. It was what happened. It was... Well, I thought you just said you're a new creature in Christ. Amen. Well, you know, uh, um, you know, Pastor Rob, you, you're asking for money to do this. I, you know, I'm on a fixed income. Hmm. I don't remember reading that. I, I, I haven't read that. Pastor Rex, have you read that? Being on a fixed income, I serve the creator, but yet his ability to help me is fixed? Who fixed it? Who fixed that? Did you fix it? I, I can fix it myself because I set a limit on it. You see what I'm saying? I'm not fussing at you. What I want you to do is get stirred up in your heart to say, okay, it can be better. I'm not promising you your ship. 
Maybe an anchor or a door or, you know, a part of the ship, but I ain't promising the ship right now. Amen? It's just stepping out and saying, okay, what can he do? What is he's promised me? So if I'm going to see that, then I've got to live a life of faith. And I know you know that. That's, that's the obvious. Okay, I've got to live a life of faith. I've got to believe God. And no, I'm not talking about name it and claim it because you can't just name it and claim it. You have to actually name it, claim it, and do it. There, there, there's a third part to that that somewhere we missed. The only people that fuss about naming and claiming are the ones that don't do it and they don't have it. I, I, I'm sorry, pick your toes up. So, I want to give you some principles here of faith. Number one is, is that God has to be the priority of your life. And it's the law of first. It's the law of first. Matthew 6, But seek, aim at, and strive after first of all his kingdom and his righteousness his way of doing and being right, and then all these things taken together will be given you besides. He's got to be the priority of my life if I'm gonna walk in a right relationship with him and be fruitful in his kingdom. Now listen, whatever is first becomes the foundation upon which all else is built. Whatever's first, whatever's priority, Whatever's first in my life, everything else flows out of that. Everything else springs out of that. And you say, well, you know, my first thing in the morning is I get up and, and drink my coffee. Well, I understand that. I mean, you know, but if God's not first, then there's always opportunity for God to be forgotten and there's always opportunity for God to be squeezed out. How many of you ever got up and you intended on doing something and got distracted and you did something else first and like it was just a domino effect, it just wrecked it all? Anybody here honest? Amen. I know some of you are just perfect in that. I'm still working on it. You turn to your neighbor and just give him a little elbow, laugh. I, 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 my nature is not a list. My nature is scatter. You know, I mean, that, I, I, at least I admit it. Amen. I like things to be orderly, but I, I don't sit still very long. I can't sit in one place very long. I, you know, it just, I, I got to get up, move around, do stuff. I'm just not built that way. Isn't that right? <laughs> Julie knows. Whatever is first will not be forgotten and it cannot be squeezed out. Whatever's priority in your life, whatever is first cannot be forgotten and it cannot be squeezed out of the way because it's the first thing and it's the, it's the thing above all other things. So my walk with God, my relationship with God, not just my relationship where I talk to God, Hey, God, how are you doing today? Just want to thank you for a great day. It didn't say just seek first talking to God. It says seek first the kingdom of God, which is his rule, his authority. So I'm seeking first his lordship in my life. Lord, what do you want from me today? 
What do you want me to do? How do you want me to face this? How do you want me to handle this? See, we get ourselves in all kinds of mess because we don't put him first and then we encounter the day which we know trouble's gonna come and then all of a sudden we haven't really gotten his mind on it. We hadn't gotten what his word says about it. Now you may go back, it's, it's kind of like we wait till we have a problem, then we go look up the scripture. Which there's nothing wrong with that in the sense that thank God we're looking up the scripture. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. So he'll actually, when he's first, he'll show you what's to come and say, hey, you need to start studying this. I want you to read this because I'm preparing you for that. So that when that comes, you're already where you need to be. What you need is already inside you and you can just keep on a trucking first. So not just his authority, his rulership, but his righteousness, right standing with him. Not trying to be right in my own eyes, but my right standing with him. I've got to have Jesus Christ as first. It has to be the priority, the priority. It has to be priority above my job, it has to be priority above my spouse. It has to be priority above my kids. Now, I understand you got a newborn. You know what I'm saying? The baby, when the baby's ready to eat, baby's ready to eat. There ain't no, hold on, you know, let me have my devotional while you're screaming, you know, bloody murder over there because I'm not feeding you. I understand those things. It's a heart decision and it is a way of life. And you find out how to weave that in there and you force there to be time so that when, when the baby goes to sleep, I don't know why I'm saying this, but when the baby goes to sleep, even though I may be ready to crash, I carve out time and say, okay, God, I, I've got a few minutes here. When I've got to be in to work early, I carve out time. Now, I know some of you might be night owls. Some of you might be early risers. You know, some of you, my first is actually midnight. You know, I'm actually giving God really the first of my day because it's 12.01, you know, as opposed to the person that rises at 5 a.m. That, that's splitting hairs. The point is, is that he's first. And what he says and his way of doing it is the priority. Not my way. Not my way. Not my way. His way. God, how do you want to handle this? How do you want to do this? Well, do you know what they said to me? I understand what they said to me. I know that that hurt you, but what's his way of doing things? What's going to be the priority? Your feelings are his way of doing things. You see what I'm saying? That's priority. That's first. And if we're not willing to do that and apply that to our life, then we don't get to walk in that better life. We're going to be bound into the life we've always had instead of walking in the better part of his life. The second one is, is we need to pursue wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and understanding are my responsibility to pursue. Go to read the book of Proverbs, read about wisdom, read about the more precious than silver, more precious than gold. 
Amen. Wisdom, having that, knowing, uh, uh, knowing what to do, knowing how to do it. Wisdom and understanding. Ephesians 5, 17. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. He said, don't be vague about it. Don't be thoughtless. Don't be foolish. Well, case sera, sera, whatever, you know, it's going to be. No, that's not what he's saying. It goes back to him being first. God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to handle this? What does your wisdom say? Listen, I don't need a burning bush to, re, to quote to me what the word already says. So if you want wisdom for your life, then you can start with what the word says. I don't need a word from God. And what I mean by that is I don't need somebody to prophesy. I, I believe in that. I'm not negating that. But I don't need somebody to prophesy over me concerning things that are just clearly written in the word. All his promises are yes and so I'm not negating that stuff, amen? But I think sometimes we're looking for something and really it's because I don't like what the word says so I'm hoping that God's gonna use somebody to tell me something different than what's written in the word. Well, God, the one I'm married to isn't really the one that is for me. This person over here, they're the ones now, they're my soulmate. They're the one for me. But that's not. I come from a large church with, we have several pastors on staff. And we talk. Because we might have one person that comes to every one of us. I'm not kidding Every one of us to ask the same question in hopes that one of us would give them a different answer. But you can't violate the word. Amen. So I've got to get wisdom. I've got to get understanding in my life. I've got to find out what God wants for me because I don't know if you know this or not. I believe you do. God never made any mistakes. So when I seek him for an answer, there's nothing he doesn't know. Einstein uh, didn't come, was it Einstein? Pi, E equals MC squared, all that stuff. He, he didn't come up with that. You think he just dreamed it up and figured, where do you think that came from? Where, where do you think all that, the, the things, the science, and the, God's not afraid of science. Not good science. We won't even go there. Amen. Colossians 1, 9 and 10, for this reason we also since the day we heard of it do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled. Everybody say filled. With the knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. Of his will and all wisdom. Say wisdom. And spiritual understanding. Man, y'all are awesome. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Man, that excites me. I can, I can live a life that is worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I can do that. There's many times I have failed miserably at that. Amen. 
but I can do it. I can do it. That is possible. So wisdom, what is it? It's skill in the management of affairs. My simple definition, definition, definition is the correct application of knowledge. Wisdom is knowing how to take what I know and make it work. That's simple. Amen. So when I read the word of God and I'm looking into it and I see the principle that he's telling me, wisdom helps me take that principle and actually put it to work so that it produces in my life what it said it would produce. The wisdom of God, getting understanding, knowing knowing how to do that. Understanding, it is a flowing together with, it's a mental putting together. Listen, I know there's times when God may ask you to do something that doesn't seem to make sense. Okay, I understand. I mean, I, I know that, but I understand that. See, I may not know how everything exactly works. Amen. But I understand how things do work. I understand certain things that I, okay, I know if I put my bank card into the machine here and I type in the right code and there's money in there, then I can type in some numbers and get some money out. I don't have to know how the machine works. I just need to know what I need to do. I have to have understanding of how I need to do it to make it work for me. So just because you may not have the fullness of understanding of how God has figured and put and operated and orchestrated every little thing concerning your life, you don't have to understand all of that. What you need to do is be able to understand what you need to do today to be able to work and see God change what needs to be changed today so that my life gets better. Otherwise, I can get frustrated and I give up. And they'll say, well, I just can't seem to get this to work. And then I get, I get disappointed, I get discouraged, and then I get depressed. And then I lash out at the body. And I, once where I was a believer, now I've become the, the opposite. I've become anti. Well, they say this, and they say, and, it, and that never works. That's not true. You see what I'm saying? I've got to get wisdom. I've got to get understanding. Filled means to make complete, to fill up, to liberally supply, to cause to abound. Filled with what? The knowledge of his will, to know what he wants me to do. Amen. And all wisdom and spiritual understanding. What? To know what I need to do in order to bring it to pass. That word knowledge means precise and correct knowledge, full discernment precise and correct. We read it in the scripture above, not being vague and thoughtless, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. The third one is obedience. Obedience to God's word is not optional. I must act upon his word and his leading if I'm going to see God's blessing and fulfill his purpose for my life. James 1, through 25, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. He'll be blessed in what he does. 
He'll be blessed in what he does. He'll be blessed in what he does. Turn to your neighbor and say, you'll be blessed in what you do. Come on, turn to your neighbor. You'll be blessed in what you do. Hallelujah. Say, I'll be blessed in what I do. It doesn't say you're going to be blessed in what you know. It says I'm going to be blessed in what I do. Because I know and I have understanding of what God wants. And he's given me wisdom to know how to apply it. And then I actually go out and do it. And because I do it, it becomes a blessing in my life. And that's what God wants. God wants you blessed. God wants you and I taken care of. My walk with God, I wrote it down here, is not a philosophy or belief system, nor is my walk with God a lifestyle. Well, I've chosen to be a Christian. I'm going to live the lifestyle of a Christian. No, that's not what I'm called to do. My walk with God is an entirely new and different way of life. See, because I can put on the right clothes. You know what I'm saying? I can learn the terms. I can go to the right church. I can do all these things and I can play the part. I can have the lifestyle of a Christian, but yet no power. Apostle Paul says, you need to run away from those that have a form of godliness, but deny the power. Amen. Listen, this, this is so simple. I didn't say easy. Amen. Didn't say easy. Just said simple. And if you don't ever take time to read your Bible, and that's not a priority in your life, then nothing else that I've talked about is going to help you. Well, you know, I, I know what, no, you have to live today under the law of firsts. And listen, I, you know, there's been days in my life when, when, when I, I, I've, you know, been sick all night or something and woke up late and had to run, do this and run, do that. And before I know it, I haven't even cracked my Bible. And I have to go back and say, oh, you know, man, I, I, I didn't realize I, I, I've gone this whole day. Now, I know what the word says. It's in me. It's not like I have to have that to know what it says. I can quote scripture to you. I can quote scripture that's alive on the inside of me. So I can think about it, but it's still the law of the first in my life because what I'm doing, if I'm not careful, I'm living on yesterday of what God told me instead of living today because he's always doing two things in my life today. He's always working to accomplish what he wants to do today in my life, but he's always preparing me for tomorrow. He builds them both in so that I can be ready for anything and everything that comes my way. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am equal to, I am ready for anything and everything. That's a kind of a partial quotation of the Amplified. And that's you. That's you. Amen. That's you this morning. This is all doable. This isn't hard stuff. I'm not having to fix the world's problems. I'm not having to fix my family members' problems. I'm not having, if, if I'll just do the first things for me, 
do what I'm supposed to do and walk through his word, then he'll help me at the right time to say the right thing to help the right person. Or he'll help me to do the right thing at the right time to fix a situation. Or he'll help me do the right thing to build my house right. Whatever it is, if I'll put him first, then he becomes that foundation of my life so that my house is being built on the rock. So when the storms come and the winds come, it doesn't matter what comes my way because I'm still gonna be standing. Because I built it right. Not perfect. Every now and then, you know, sometimes you build something and, and, and any of you that have done that, every now and then you go back and say, oh, that's not right. You got to cut it out, tear it down, and redo it. It's okay. It's okay. You're not going to be, God's not looking for you to be perfect. He just wants to be first. And if you'll put him first, he'll take care of the perfecting. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Hallelujah. Tell you what, God is so good. He's so faithful. He loves you so much this morning. As I said before, I am, I, I am, I am excited. I am so excited about what God's doing, not just in my life and in your life, but, but I want to build it right. And I'm tired of making excuses. I don't want to live a life of excuses. I want to live a life seeing God's power work in and through me. Hallelujah. And it's not because I'm this great Christian or I'm this perfect this or I'm just, no, it's because he's first and I'm in hot pursuit. Some of you remember Smokey and the Bandit. I'm in hot pursuit. Some of you have no clue. It's okay. I'm in hot pursuit. Glory to God. This morning, say, Pastor Rob, I've not been in pursuit. Just being honest with you, Pastor Rob, I, I come to church, I, I do church, and, and, and you know, I love God, and, and, you know, I do read my Bible some, but I've not been in pursuit. He's not really been first. Come on, if that's you this morning, lift up your hand. Let's be honest. It's okay. I love honest believers. Hallelujah. He's not been first. Thank you. And put your hands down. We're just going to pray together. This I just wanted you to acknowledge. There's just something about admitting, not keeping something in the dark. Saying, you know what? Okay. I admit this. Just say, Heavenly Father, let's pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I choose for you to be first. Help me to keep you first in every aspect of my life. I'm asking you for wisdom today. All spiritual wisdom, which is what your word says. I'm asking you to fill me with the knowledge of your will this morning so that I can grab hold of it and that I can be a doer of it. I commit this morning to be a doer of your word. Not just a hearer, not just a knower, but a doer. And I thank you that as I do your word, that it's by faith 
that it's through your grace. It's by your power. It's not even in my own ability. And that by being a doer, it leads to a better life. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for what Jesus has done. You sending your son for me. Him dying on the cross for me. His blood being shed for me. That my past is forgiven. And I want to live and walk in. Come on. All that you have for me. So that I can have a better life. And that others can have a better life. In Jesus' name. Amen.